The following presentation is from the 41st Annual Addiction Treatment Leadership Conference, presented by the National Association of Addiction Treatment Providers, held in Washington, D.C., May 5th through the 7th, 2019. The following is the Addiction Treatment Public Policy Advocacy Session, moderated by Sherry Layton and featuring Ed Deal, Mark Dunn, Scott Munson, and Nick Matu. I think we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and get and get started. My name is Scott Munson, and I am the chair of the NAATP Public Policy Committee. And and the first thing I'd like to say is wow. Um, here we are at 3:30, the end of, of a couple of really action-packed and long days, and and this room is full. And that is really yeah, absolutely. That, that is really impressive, and, and, and I know when we started down this road and I was talking to Mark, I asked Mark what would success look like for a Hill Day, and he said if we could get 30 or 40 people, we're rocking it, and here we've got over 120 people that are going to participate tomorrow, so this is really exciting. I want to reiterate what, what Ed said today at, at the PAC, that, that a lot of the the credit for that really goes to Sherry Layton and the, and the work that she put into this and, and getting us organized and keeping us to keep. Appreciate that, Sherry. I also want to acknowledge Mark Dunn's leadership in, in this, and, and if I can get her attention because she's back there working, Nikki Soda did a tremendous job keeping all this organized and really want to thank her. I also want to express my appreciation for all of you and your organizations. Um, many of us have been here since Saturday. Uh, this is an extra day, it's an extra night in a hotel, it's an extra meal, it's an extra you know, day out of your life and your work that you've committed and given to participate on behalf of NAATP and the, and the work that, that we all do. And I think that's to be commended and, and really appreciate your energy and your willingness to, to do that. I think we need to remember that this is an opportunity to show um, our senators and congressmen who we are, that we're representing NAATP. We're also representing our field and our organizations. And this is a, this is a moment in time that's going to be very important, the impression that, that, we, that we leave behind. So I just want us to, to make sure that we go in there aware and conscious of how we're, how we're presenting ourselves and that we're focused on the things that we're going to talk about this afternoon that, that we want to leave behind. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to our DC representative, Mark Dunn. Thank you very much, Scott. Um, I just want to take a moment and thank uh, Scott Munson. Scott uh, chairs our public policy committee, and uh, it takes up a lot more time than you realize. Uh, we have monthly calls, and he and I communicate on a regular basis, and Scott does it with a tremendous amount of experience, talent, and, and expertise. Past chair of the association, and I appreciate Scott more than you realize. Also like to thank our PAC chair, Ed Deal. Uh, Ed, same thing, anytime we need anything, uh, trips to DC, uh, Ed is right there. He's also a past chair and does a tremendous job for the association, a lot of dedication. So just wanna thank those two guys. There's an old saying in DC, and you've probably heard this before, but it's true. 
And that's if you're not at the table, you're likely on the menu. <laughs> and I want to thank all of you because you're helping with your activity today and tomorrow. You're helping put NAATP at the table, and that's really important. There's kind of a three-legged stool for public policy. Uh, first of all, you need someone in Washington who understands the process, recognizes opportunities, has some contacts, uh, and kind of direct traffic out of this area. Um, so I've been on board since 2007. The second thing you need is a political action committee and uh, the, the recognition that, that that brings to a business or, or a trade group is really important. And I liked what uh, Mary Bono said earlier uh, today in her talk. She stressed how important it was and she said it's kind of hard to explain without it seeming sleazy. Well, yes and no. And I'll tell you a story about that. Um, we had, a number of years ago, uh, when the Affordable Care Act was being proposed, we had a board meeting in Washington, D.C. for NAATP. And um, I invited the board for, to a reception at my home with the co-chairs, both Democrat and Republican, of the Addiction uh, Treatment and Recovery Caucus. At that meeting, we presented them with pack checks. They also had the opportunity to spend about an hour and a half or two hours with our whole board just talking informally about what we do. And that left a lasting impact on them. So a few months later when we were debating whether or not residential treatment was going to be included as an essential benefit, and as Ed mentioned, originally it was just going to be outpatient, it was that caucus and that connection we had with them that led them to insist that residential be included. Now that wasn't because we'd given them each 2,500 bucks. It's because they had spent the time with the board and understood the necessity of that being included. So that's just an example of how, why the PAC is so important. And then lastly is constituent contact. You know, I can be up there every day and there's no way I can cover every congressional office. And honestly, my voice, even though I'm speaking on, on your behalf, is not as important to them as yours because you're a voting constituent and they'll pay attention to what you have to say. So that's the piece that we've really been uh, trying to develop over the past few years. Uh, we, as you probably noticed, have public policy updates, a communication tool that goes out, and uh, uh, we've developed that over the last couple of years. That's been extremely helpful. Thank you for responding to those. It's made a real difference. Um, and then a personal contact that you've made as a result of all that has, has been very helpful. We need to understand that uh, even though um, MSNBC and CNN and Fox portray it as a constant battle on the Hill. Not everything is partisan. There are a lot of issues where they work on a bipartisan basis. And fortunately for us, substance use disorder is one of those areas. 
When parity was passed, it was done on a bipartisan basis. And a as a result of that, it has lasted. When things are lopsided, one party is 100% and the other party is zero, uh, when uh, leadership changes, those things tend to go away. So luckily for us, that's not the case for our issues. Um, so tomorrow, if you get the opportunity, thank them, regardless of party, for keeping our issue bipartisan. Tomorrow, um, you're, you're meeting with, with a lot of staff, some members. Um, as Mary said, don't worry about it being staff because they are critically important to the process and their members will listen to them and pay attention. Um, you'll only have 15 or 20 minutes in, the most, in most cases, so you have to get to the point. If you spend the entire time talking about, you know, uh, oh yeah, I know your great Aunt Mabel or something like that, you'll find that, oh, our time is gone and, and you didn't get to what you really came there to talk about. Um, we have provided three major issues that the Public Policy Committee prioritized that we felt were uh, important on behalf of NAATP to communicate to the Hill. And um, we have those in your, your packets. Uh, we're not saying you can't talk about something else if you have a, a major issue that is burning in your state or something like that and they want to ask about it, that's fine. But we did want you to be prepared to, to talk about these three things and be the voice of N NAATP tomorrow because our visibility is going to be enhanced greatly as a result of your activity. So the first thing, uh, of course, uh, then we wanted to talk about the Quality Assurance Initiative and then a balanced approach to substance use disorder. So most of you know this, but I'm just going to give a brief overview of what's happened uh, with parity over the years. Uh, it was passed in 2008 and signed by then-President George W. Bush, uh, who was a supporter of, of parity. Uh, it was at the end of his term, so he didn't do really anything about enforcement or drafting the, the rules to implement parity. And then uh, President Obama was elected, and of course his highest priority was the Affordable Care Act. He made sure, he was a huge supporter of, of parity also, and uh, you know helped make help us make sure that uh, parity language was included in the Affordable Care Act. Um, what we weren't so happy about was the fact that enforcement was delegated to the states. So instead of just having the federal government enforce, now we have to deal with 50 states and uh, most of them had no idea what parity was, let alone that they had to uh, enforce it. And then it took five years for them to even develop the rules around parity. So it, it's taken much longer than it should have. And as you probably all know, uh, it's still not being enforced the way it should be. And uh, it's the biggest tool we have in providing access to care to, uh, to Americans. So tomorrow, probably they will not, many of the, many of the uh, offices will not know there's a problem with parity. 
some of them think it's all just going along swimmingly and and they may be shocked that there's a that there's a problem if you have personal stories to share with them about how you've seen it not work feel free to share those those are important we are asking at a minimum for them to uh, convene an oversight hearing to talk about so we have the opportunity to share with the entire Congress uh, the need for better enforcement of parity. Secondly, the Quality Assurance Initiative uh, by NAATP. Uh, that's been the focus of this con conference pretty much, so you're, you're all aware, well aware of that. Uh, they may ask about some of the problems in the field because they get complaints by constituents and they, they read the press. So it's important that they know that NAATP is part of the solution to this and that they understand the steps that we've taken to clean up our own membership and to raise, uh, to raise the floor for the entire field. And uh, in, in your packet, there's a, a paper talking about the things we've done, our new ethics policy that we've uh, not uh, invited members, some members, to reapply for membership if they weren't willing to comply with, with ethics, that our members have to be obviously licensed and now accredited, and that we just, um, just published the best practices guidebook. So I think they'll be impressed by that. Uh, most of the offices that I go into are and are very appreciative of what we're doing. As Mary said uh, in her talk earlier today, it is something that Congress is paying attention to, and if something isn't done, they will continue to focus on this, which is great. They have done some things in H.R. 6 that was passed last year. Um, they made uh, patient brokering a federal crime. Uh, they required a best practices uh, guidebook for recovery housing. They gave the Federal Trade uh, Commission authority and direction to prosecute for false advertising. And so we need to tell them that we support all those things and that we're willing to work with them moving forward to help clean up any problems that are, are still out there. Lastly, uh, in your packet, uh, we want to talk about the fact that there are Substance use disorder is not just opioids. You know, that's what's uh, gotten the attention of the press and of Congress, frankly, in the last few years because um, it, it's quick, quick to kill people. And um, people with means have, you know, children dying as a result. So it's become a big issue, which is, it, it should be, absolutely. But we need to remind them that alcohol is still the biggest substance use disorder killer. And as they develop policies, that uh, they need to have a balanced approach to both policy and how resources are, are allocated. So those are the issues that are all in your packets. Um, if you get a chance tonight uh, in your rooms, Please read through them um, so you can answer questions if there are any. Tomorrow, um, we'll have a uh, room at the Capitol Hill Hotel starting about 7.30, I think it's open. 
And I will be in there most of the day. I've got, I'll be in and out, but I'll be there most of the day. And uh, it's, it's not a gathering place for everybody, but if you want to drop by in between appointments, you're welcome to do that. We'll have some snacks there and, and uh, a place for you to sit down for a few minutes because uh, you, you'll be uh, using a lot of shoe leather probably tomorrow. Some, some offices are a long ways apart. Um, again, I'd like to thank you for your participation. Your involvement is really raising the profile of NAATP with Congress. And uh, it's something that we've not been in a position to do before. And so I thank you very, very much for your willingness to stay an extra day and, and do this. It, it really matters, and it's going to make a big difference. Um, like to thank Nikki Soda also. Uh, she has spent a great deal of time working on this and has done an outstanding job. Now I'm going to turn this over to our Hill Day chair, Sherry Layton. And when we started talking about this, I've done probably 40 or 50 of these over the years, and I know what a tremendous uh, job it is to coordinate everything and get everybody headed in the right direction. And so um, I knew that I was the only one on staff who'd ever done one of these before. So when Sherry agreed, because she's done it, uh, when she agreed to be Hill Day Chair, it made a huge, huge difference. I'd like to thank Art Vandeveer for, at La Hacienda for allowing Sherry to do this. She has spent tremendous amounts of time working on this and, and making it the success that it's going to be. So Sherry, with that, I'll turn it over to you and thank you so much. Well, Mark, I appreciate that very much, I'm, and I must say, I had great support from Nikki. Nikki and I, when we started this, we set a goal to have 100 people, and we kept having little parties as the registration numbers were climbing, so we were very excited. And these gentlemen have been tremendously helpful uh, with their input and their guidance, putting together our uh, policy issues that we were going to address, and then I also want to, uh, to thank um, the... NAATP staff that was in the office, they made everything look good. Um, and, you know, they we would give them information and they would put it in a format that was easy to read and easy to send out. And so it was definitely a group effort. But you all being here today is a tremendous encouragement. And, and I add my thanks to everybody else for your commitment uh, to do this. My hope is that we, that NAATP will continue forward doing uh, these types of events. And, um, you know, you're, I think you being here is a, a big check mark towards saying, yes, we're, we want to be a part of this. Um, my, uh, I want to talk a little bit about your appointments and how those were done. You've, um, there we go. Okay. Um, you should have, uh, is it up there? Okay. Um, each state had a designated Senate lead, and those Senate leads scheduled appointments um, with the senator's offices. In most cases, two appointments were made with each Senate office. In some cases, they were only able to get one done. 
in Texas, one of I was only able to get our second one scheduled yesterday. So uh, if that was a struggle for you, please know that you weren't alone in that. So, but we, uh, I think we have 31 of our Senate offices covered. And so we're very excited to have that many done. Um, yes, thank you. And some of you definitely had to be the squeaky wheel to get that accomplished, so appreciate your perseverance in that. Um, so the Senate lead did that, and then um, either an individual who had a particular U.S. representative or, an ind or one of the individuals out of a constituent group of representatives was to make your representative appointments. So our idea is that everyone from the state will join together for those Senate appointments, and then you will go and meet with your representatives as constituent groups or as a single constituent, whatever is appropriate in your situation. Um, if you don't have another constituent here, feel free to ask somebody, you know, who's part of your state or ask, you know, get a buddy to go with you. It can, you know, sometimes it just feels a little more comfortable if you have somebody with you. So don't hesitate to invite someone to go along with you if you're a solo person. Um, and we want you to coordinate with the other people. When we finish this, please don't run out of here. We're going to give you the opportunity to connect with others in your state. Some of you know each other well. Some of you have no clue who else is from your state. We want to give you the opportunity to connect with others in your state and to plan a little bit for tomorrow. Um, Mark asked you to uh, read your uh, policy briefs that are in your folders. I'm going to assign you homework to read your policy briefs that are in your folders. We really want you to understand what's on those pages and as you're reading those to be thinking through real life examples that you can bring those pages uh, to life with. And so please spend a little bit of time this evening uh, to, to go through that. But then when you're working together as a constituent group, we would like for you to kind of say who's going to talk about what. Um, it feels a little awkward if one person in the group is the only one talking and there's six other people standing there looking really nice but not saying much. Um, so, you know, as you can pass those topics back and forth and, every, and you know, engage the, the various folks, that would, would be helpful in the overall plan. Um, so be thinking about how you can contribute to that discussion as you're reading through those policy briefs. Um, you have two folders. The, the dark blue folder is your participant folder for today. That's your information. And then you have this blue file folder, and it's specifically designed for you to leave this behind with your, uh, the person that you're meeting with. And it is labeled... What is it labeled? Substance Use Disorder Issues, uh, National Association of Addiction Treatment Providers. And we, we make it very convenient for them to put it this in a file drawer and have easy access to it. Mark's card is attached. You want to point out to them that, um, that Mark is their, you know, here on the hill resource at all times. But I will, I'll be adding my card to my folders as well. So I want them to know that I am their resource also and to make that personal connection. So in this, you have um, just an overview of, I'll take my glasses off to read this, um, overview of who NAATP is as well as the three policy issues. 
and then one sheet each that Mark just looked at that goes in more in depth into each one of those policy issues. And you'll see at the end, the last paragraph is in red, and that's basically your ask, okay? If you don't know um, how to close, close it out, you know, how to close that conversation out, you can just go directly to that ask and point that out to them. Um, as we've talked about, you will most, uh, most likely meet with staff members. You know, as you've given me information back, probably 95% of the appointments will be with staff members. And I've been coming to the Hill for about 13 years. And over the course of that time, what I have found is building that relationship with the staff member has been an incredibly valuable piece for access, number one, easy access. You don't have to go through their whole scheduling process and all of that. But then also, too, they, they begin to rely on you to answer their questions that they have and to be a source of information. So I hope that we have emphasized to you um, the importance of those staff members and the relationships that you can build with them. So please don't feel um, like you had any less successful of an appointment tomorrow if you're, if you're meeting with a staff member. Um, and also to, um, you know, bring this home. They're, they are mostly interested in what's happening in the state for the senators or in the district for the representatives. So why does this matter in your district? Again, those real life examples, boots on the ground kind of experiences that you can share become, uh, they, they bring these issues to life and put, they put faces on these, uh, on these topics. And so why does this matter? What are some examples from your treatment facility? You know, one example with parity. I had a, um, three weeks ago, we had a, a patient who was trying to come to treatment with us, had a maximum benefit of three lifetime treatments on uh, his insurance policy, and he'd had his three lifetime treatments. That is a blatant parity violation that 10 years after the parity law passed is still surviving in an insurance policy. So, you know, those kinds of examples that you can, that you can give. Um, also, you know, talking about who you represent, and there was some conversation about that earlier today, not only are you a treatment provider, but you're an employer, you're a constituent, you're someone who votes you know, have the opportunity to vote for them or for their opponent. Um, I've given you two examples here of information that I have put together. Uh, I live in the 21st district in Texas, um, and we have a brand new uh, House of Representatives member. Our, our longtime uh, congressman uh, retired last year. We have 21 treatment providers in the 21st district in Texas. That represent now a lot of those are outpatient, some of those are residential or inpatient or detox. That represents 500 licensed treatment beds, 800 employees, and about um, or is it 500 employees? I can't see. Um, and eight maybe it's 800 outpatient slots and 500 employees. It's that's a lot of people, but he doesn't know that if I don't tell him that. You know, so what does your district look like in terms of the representation of treatment providers? We have a lot of new uh, congressmen, a lot of freshman congressmen this, this year. 
and this is an opportunity to educate them about what their district looks like in terms of our industry and the services that we provide. The other example that I have on here, the University of Texas School of Social Work produces every year substance use trends in Texas. And this is the 2017 uh, report. The very first thing that it says on this report under methamphetamine is that methamphetamine is the primary problem in half of the DEA districts in Texas. Later on in this report, it says marijuana is the number one problem in the other half of the DEA districts in Texas. So when we're talking about the addiction epidemic is more than opioids, I have specific information that I can point to from Texas that talks about how that plays out in our state and in, and in our district as well. So these kinds of things, you've got something similar to this in your state, um, and so, you know, finding out that information that, that again, brings it home. You know, um, a one-time uh, Speaker of the House was Sam Rayburn. The Rayburn House office building is named after him, and he's credited with the, the saying that all politics are local, and it really, it really does matter. So bring it home tomorrow in those conversations. Uh, some tips for a successful legislative visit, and Mark has touched on these um, already. And I had a congressman tell me one time, um, be smart, be brief, be gone. And basically it was like, know what you're talking about, say it, and get out of my office. And I, you know, I, I adapted what Mary Mono said this morning uh, to make it a little bit nicer when she said, stand tall, speak loudly, and sit down quickly. And I, you know, and I think in standing tall, it's like be confident, okay? We are the experts in this conversation. And she mentioned a whole lot of folks that work in those offices are way younger than us, okay? And they, um, you're, you're going to feel really, really old tomorrow, most likely. Um, but they, uh, but, you know, these are our areas. We know this information. We, we are the experts in this. So be confident in that. The halls of Congress can be an intimidating environment. So remember, you know what you're talking about, and you are an expert that you're bringing the information that, that they need to this very, very critical issue. And then um, and speak loudly. Be clear. Don't hesitate to ask. So those red paragraphs that we put on your on your uh, talking points pages, you know, be clear about what we're asking for. Um, and so I, I refer to it as closing the deal. You know, and we don't have specific bills to speak to, but we do have specific topics that we're wanting them to pay attention to. So, so be certain that you uh, are clear about what those are. You know, as, as Mark said, we're not going to talk about, oh, I know your great aunt, you know, Melba, is that what you named her? Your great aunt somebody or other. Um, and then sit down quickly. Know when the appointment is over and, and get out of there. Um, we did some state advocacy work a few months ago, and some folks that were with me with my state representative, the, the staff member said, oh, yeah, you know, Representative Murr, he signed on to that bill yesterday as a co-author. That was the end of that conversation. We just, thank you so much. Let's move on. The per, some of the people that I was with didn't get that point, and they just kept selling and selling and selling. So when, when they're agree, you know, know when, when it's time to be finished with that, with that point and, and move on. Um, 
you know, make sure that they know that you're a resource. And, and in that, anything that you promise to get them, make sure that you get that information back to them. You know, if you say you're a resource, prove you're a resource and make information available. Um, you know, but don't make stuff up. You know, you are the expert, but if you don't know something, just pro let them know that you'll find out. Um, as uh, Mary Bono said this morning, get their business card. You want to collect these email addresses. You want to have that direct contact with that individual. Make sure that they have your contact information as well. And, and you know, basic manners, thank them for their time. You know, thank them for meeting with you. Thank them for the time that they have taken. And um, then in a, um, some, you know, after the visit, after you go back home, we want you to follow up. So, you know, send a thank you email back to them uh, within, within the day, you know, by the next day when you get back home. Get back to them with any of that information that you promised. Um, and if there was, uh, and any of the things that come up, you know, if, if some, if a piece of legislation, and this is where NAATP's public policy alerts come in, very, very helpful. If a piece of legislation comes up, for example, to, uh, for greater enforcement of the parity law, and we get a bill to that effect, we want to communicate that back to the person that we met with. We want to keep these issues in front of them, and so, you may have access to some of that information, not necessarily quicker, but you're just going to be paying closer attention. And so you can, you know, send an email saying, hey, this bill was introduced. We would really, you know, like for you to support this and, and follow this through. Um, and then I think one of the most valuable things that I have done uh, as I've gotten more involved with advocacy is develop a relationship with our district staff. You can't come to Washington, D.C. On a, on a regular basis, but you can connect with your district folks uh, on a fairly ongoing basis. And opportunity to invite them to your facility, opportunity to invite them to events that you may hold uh, on behalf of your facility or at your facility. Um, building that relationship, when I started doing that, I, that's, I had been trying to get our congressman to, to come and visit our facility for about 10 years, and it was finally through the district director that I was able to make that happen. I kept trying to do that through the D.C. office, and it just wasn't ever coming together. The district director made that happen. So, you know, when you go back home, take, go, you know, make sure that you follow up and connect with those district staff members. And your legend, you know, sign up for their email lists, and you will get information about when they are doing town hall events or, you're, you know, when they're in the district. I live in a small town. We have a small town newspaper. It comes out twice a week. So, you know, if the congressman is going to be in town and visit the Republican Women's Club or something like that, um, that's an opportunity for me to go and shake hands and say hello and just keep reminding them. And so it, con it continues to be a way to, to build that relationship. And then, um, you know, the secret of advocacy, and we've talked about these things, but can't emphasize it enough, building that relationship and following up, following up, following up. So we just want you to, um, to please remember that and um, continue the advocacy work that you start tomorrow once that, that you go back home. Okay, I am going to ask... Ed Deal, the chair of our political action committee, to come up and tell you about some of the activities of the PAC.
Thanks, Sherry. I'm not going to speak too much about the PAC. Uh, I spoke at lunch about the PAC. I guess the most important thing I want to say about our political action committee to our group going to the Hill tomorrow is don't talk about the PAC. Does everybody understand why? <laughs> okay. Um, political action committees are, if you will, arms of trade associations or industries or businesses or political organizations or healthcare organizations, but there is an arm's length relationship between the, the larger association and its political activity, particularly around contributions made to elected office holders. For instance, as chair of the PAC, and going to see uh, the offices of our two New Jersey senators and three members of the House tomorrow, I won't introduce myself as chairman of NAATP's PAC. I will introduce myself as a member of NAATP, a member of the board of directors of the National Association, and the president of Seabrook. Uh, that ought to be a really the most important thing that I will say to them from the outset is that I come from Seabrook in southern New Jersey and we have five facilities spread throughout the state impacting the constituents of Senator Menendez, Senator Booker, and the three members of the House that I'll visit tomorrow. That matters to them. Mary Bono this morning, uh, she said two things that resonated with me. She said a lot of things. I thought she was fantastic this morning. And um, she was a great has been a great leader for us in political circles. But um, the two things that, that really resonated with me in a big way was when she said that um, if as many dolphins watched up on America's beaches as human beings who die of addiction every day, our country would come to an abrupt halt and we would do nothing before we address the loss of dolphins. Everybody loves dolphins. We swim with the dolphins, we pet the dolphins, they squeak and they think and we think they talk to us and it really appeals to us in such a lovable way. But when human beings die of addiction disease, uh, well, you know, we're all pretty busy. Um, so I believe the greatest thing for us to accomplish to, tomorrow, if I may be so bold as to say, your purpose is to make an impression, leave an impression with whomever you meet. And uh, Mark and Scott and, and, and Sherry spoke to this, but you know what gets your attention gets you. These folks see lots of constituents they're annoyed by a lot of that, but it's their job to receive uh, residents of the communities that they serve. You know, they are the people's representatives. And so, but we, we go in there with the biggest health issue before our nation, likely for the next 10 years, is addiction. And it is the most irascible problem that they hear about each and every day from their constituents. They will want to see you tomorrow. They will be anxious to see you tomorrow. And whether you see the actual member, I know Cory Booker is probably in Iowa shaking hands 
because he's running for the Democratic nomination for president. And I doubt that I'll meet with Senator Menendez tomorrow, but I hope I'll meet with his health care person or his chief of staff. But even if I meet with an intern who's a college junior working in an internship in his office, that young woman or man is extremely important to me because I need to make an impression with that young person and let them know that they are important to me because their job is to carry our information up the line, ultimately to the elected office holder. So um, I, I think in terms of, of, of things that I always think of when, when I have visited my elected office holders is that um, and, and Mary Bono mentioned it this morning. I, I made a note to make sure that I tell them that Seabrook has 240 employees who vote in the state of New Jersey. They like to hear that. That's important to them. And that we're spread out and represent not only Seabrook's work in New Jersey, but I'll name my fellow competitors and friends and colleagues and, and the power of what we do in New Jersey to stand uh, in the face of the opiate epidemic and the larger issue of addiction more widely that is devastating our state's families. And of course, remembering that more people have alcoholism as alcohol is a drug of choice than have heroin. So not to remind them of that. Um, and chances are they don't know that. I mean, I'd be willing to bet that 90% of our elected office holders think that the problem in America today is simply opiates, even though, because that's the shiny object, that, that's where most people sadly are dying, and that's where the phone calls that they get. They don't get a lot of phone calls that Uncle Ernie died because he drank shots and beers for the past 40 years. They don't get that call. Um, but, um, and again, I, I, I like to just say this, that, um, the thing to leave with them, in addition to leaving an impression so they'll think about talking to you up the chain tomorrow and the next time that they have a staff meeting, you want them to be able to say, if they're not the senator or the member, you want them to be able to say, this person from this facility in our district came to visit, and wow, did I learn something. And it's really powerful. And they left us material. And they asked me, because I always do this, file this under A. you got to file, and it begins with A. Under, well, addiction. Put it in there. And when a bill comes up or a discussion in a committee comes up, that they go to that file and they pull it out and they'll see my business card and the business card of anybody from New Jersey who's coming with me from other facilities. But most importantly, they see these, the, these statements from NAATP and they need to know that we have a Washington representative because as Sherry said, Mark Dunn's card will be right there. And for any question, it's like doing good PR in your states where you visit your editorial board of the large newspaper. You want them when they think of addiction, they're gonna call you. Well, in this instance, we have the, the great advantage of having a representative in DC who can um, navigate for them.
and and they will use that. So, um, yeah. So that's really what I wanted to say about that. Thank you all those of you who support have supported the, our political action committee. It goes to great use, and uh, I appreciate that. But uh, I'm so excited about tomorrow. And go in, uh, Sherry mentioned this, if you're going in with three or four colleagues, map it out before you get in there. There's nothing more stunningly boring than you telling your story for more than five minutes, you know, really. And if you're going in with three people, uh, do a little actors and their roles before you go in there. You know, Michelle, what are you going to talk about? Would you cover that? You cover parity because you represent us on parity in New Jersey. Tell them about what's happening in Trenton, New Jersey. You know, and then I'll talk about something else from NAATP um, and have that diversification among your groups so that you're interesting. So, okay. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Ed. Um, okay, tomorrow, just some basic kinds of stuff. I've had several people ask me about dress for the meetings. Professional dress is um, what is called for. And so, uh, gentlemen, if you have a, a suit jacket, if you have a tie, uh, ladies, your, your professional dress. Um, I, as Mark said, you'll use up a lot of shoe leather. So wear comfortable shoes. If that means you need um, one pair in a bag and another one that you change into right before you go into the office, but there is um, a, you, you will do a lot of walking. Please take your business cards. That is your contact information. That's your connection. Um, somebody asked me last night, do we have transportation to the Hill tomorrow? And I said, yeah. I said, we've got Uber, we've got Lyft, we've got Metro, we've got taxis. Um, so, because of the, you know, the, the wide range of when people's first appointments were on the Hill, we felt like it really didn't make sense to try to coordinate transportation down there. And so um, plan for that, but be on time. D.C. traffic can be a real bear. Uh, security around uh, the Capitol can also slow things down tremendously. And you will, go through, you will go through security every time you go into a new um a new one of the buildings on Capitol Hill. So sometimes the lines are very, very short and easy to get through, and sometimes they're very, very long. So allow yourself extra time. Uh, we do want you to be on time. As Scott, as Scott said, we are representing um, our organizations. We're representing this association. We're representing our profession, and we want to be on time. If you get jammed up on time, call the office. Let them know that you're running a little late. They're usually very uh, adaptable, but they um, you know, do as you would any other business appointment. We have maps for you in your uh, dark blue folder, and this is a Capitol Hill map. And the if you do take the metro, the Senate office buildings are close to the uh, Union Station, Union Station, right, Mark, on that side of the hill. And then um, what's the name of the station on the House side? And the Capitol South is the name of the station on the House side. 
So um, up here at the top of the map, you'll see the Senate office buildings. And then down at the bottom of the map, you'll see the House office buildings. So um, if it worked out well for you, you do your Senate appointments together and then you move to the House. Some of us will be bouncing back and forth um, up and down um, the street there. But that's, you've got a good two, good two blocks um, in, in between the Senate side and the House side. And it's a pretty impressive two blocks. You've got the Capitol on one side, the U.S. Supreme Court building on the other side. You've got the Library of Congress. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an impressive walk, so you can uh, enjoy that. But in the, um, you have a paper in your packet that has Senate maps on one, Senate office building maps on one side and House office buildings on the other. We're going to start on the Senate side. Um, and there are underground tunnels that connect all the buildings. So if you have to travel from Russell to Hart or um, to Dirksen to Hart, or I think Dirksen to Hart are connected above ground, but, you know, so that you can avoid going back through security, if you use those underground tunnels, then you don't have to leave the building and come back in and go through security again. So it can help you with your timing. Um, the Russell... Uh, Senate office building is the, the first building that was built. It's uh, laid out a bit of a maze, and uh, so allow yourself some extra time to find, your, to find where you're going to go. Um, the other two buildings are, are newer. Um, I find the Hart building to be a bit of a maze as well, so just allow yourself some extra time to find your way around. And then uh, when you move over to the house side, again, you have tunnels between Cannon, Longworth, and Rayburn. Make use of those tunnels. And if um, between Longworth and Ray Rayburn uh, on the uh, tunnel level is where there's a, a large cafeteria there. So if, you, if you're hungry and you need, you know, if, if you want to eat, you need to spend some time, uh, that's a, a good place to do it. There's also a dining room uh, on the uh, tunnel level for the Senate office buildings. Is that right, Mark? That's correct. Um, and then at the bottom there, you say Capitol Hill Hotel One Block. And uh, so we have made arrangements at the Capitol Hill Hotel, and, and Mark mentioned this. It is one block, I want to say it's north, but it's not north, but it's just one block up from the house office buildings, and it's um, Rayburn, Longworth, Cannon. It's right behind the Library of Congress. It's right behind the Library of Congress. Um, we have made arrangements. Nikki has has done a great job with so that if you have a flight to catch in the afternoon. You can start your day at the Capitol Hill Hotel. You can check your luggage at the Bell Station there. They will keep your luggage for you. And then when you finish your appointments on the Hill, you can go and retrieve your luggage and go straight to the airport. If that, is, if that works for you for your timing tomorrow and that's what you need to do, that resource is, is available. We felt like that was something that would be very helpful. Um, there, we are in the independent meeting room. And so it's not, a, it's not a room like this. It's not a big, huge thing. So it's, um, it's, you know, if you need a place to, 
you know, kill an hour between appointments. If you want to grab some snacks, something to drink, uh, we'll have extra packets. If you need extra packets, Nikki or I or Mark will be there throughout the day uh, to help you out with that. The last thing that you have in your packet is a um, report form. And we, and you can, you have enough sheets here that you can report on four different visits. And we would like for you, ideally, you would fill these out and drop them off at our meeting room at the Capitol Hill Hotel before you leave tomorrow afternoon. But if you're not able to do that, then we would like for you to fill these out and fax them back or scan and email them back uh, to Nikki at the office so we can get those back to Mark. One of the things is that will be very important is for him to know how these meetings went. There may be information, you know, uh, things that will be important for him to follow up with. You may have found a gold mine. You may have found somebody who is super supportive. And because this is perhaps a freshman congressperson, Mark may not have that relationship established yet. And so you may have just opened a great door for him to continue that relationship. We need to have that information. So um, please take the time to fill these out. Who did you meet with? How did that meeting go? Is there anything that needs to be followed up on? Um, Nikki, is there anything that I'm forgetting with that? Okay. Um, yes. The front of uh, the front of your packet, you have a name tag to wear tomorrow, and that connects you with NAATP, as well as gives a visual for your name, along with you telling them your name. So that can be helpful for you. And then the next thing that I would like to do I'm gonna first of all I'm gonna ask for questions. What questions might you have? We're we're gonna get to how do I connect with the other people from my state, but anything other than that that you would like to ask or comment about? Yes, sir. I'm sorry? Allow at least that much to get to get there, to get from here, to get there, to get in, to get situated, I would say yes, an hour. Now, if your appointment's at 8.30 in the morning, you might need to allow more time for that. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the first part of what you said. Um, you know, at the easiest, there may be somewhere, the easiest way to find that is to go to their website, and generally at the bottom of their website, it's going to have their uh, Washington, D.C. address, and so it will have their building and a number, uh, and so that's their office number and what building they are in. You can find their website, the uh, House of Representatives members, it's their last name, dot house dot gov and your senator it's their last name dot senate dot gov 
and you can find their Capitol Hill address and their Capitol Hill phone number uh, on that. Now, since y'all made these appointments, I wrote down the times and in the cases of the representatives, if you told me who your appointment was with, I wrote that down too. But my assumption is that y'all wrote down when your appointments are and who you're meeting with uh, if you made those appointments. Um, or at least you had your assistant write down who made you, who your appointment is with. I did not keep up with all of that. Yes, ma'am. Oh, here, hold on. No, you have to go, to get from the hillside to the Senate side, you have to go outside. Is there a way after this meeting, I don't know some of the other people that are in my group, that we could... Yes, as soon as we finish with questions, I'm going to um, identify who the Senate lead is for each state, and then y'all will connect to states. I bet we can help you out. So this is not a question, it's more of a statement, um, but I just wanted to make sure everybody was aware that there is a uh, Uber and, uh, what's the other one, Lyft uh, strike tomorrow. So please check the news, please account for that in your scheduling. There's very easy off and on metro from here, um, so just kind of keep that in mind. Um, it's, it's pretty simple, but um, no, everybody calm down. It's okay. It's okay. It really is. <laughs> Up until a year, maybe two years ago, you probably weren't, yeah. you, were pro you weren't even doing Uber or Lyft. Remember but, uh, life before Facebook and cell phones and all that? So, you know, if you, if you talk with the concierge, you know, and, and maybe, hang on, everybody. Um, connect with um, other states even, you know, we can reach outside of our boxes a little bit and carpool and uh, just connect with folks and, and it won't be a problem at all. But I just wanted to, to put that on the radar so that nobody's having this reaction tomorrow morning when we all need to be calm, cool, connect, collected and, you know, doing a great job of connecting with folks. Thank you for telling us that. I did not know that. And the Metro, DC Metro is, is easy to, is easy to do. So if you're you know, if you if you if you know Metro, you can do Metro. If you don't know Metro, um, it's it's not hard to do. I remember that there's a train. I think in the not in the Senate building, but it takes you around, so you don't have to walk that much. My, that train is no longer available unless you are ex, 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 escorted by a staff member. Okay. I got to ride on my train for the very first time last month, and I had a, a Senate aide who took me on the train. Yeah, but that you have to, it's not available to the general public anymore. <laughs> Parking, Mark? Parking. Parking is almost impossible on the hill. You can't park at Union Station. It makes it a long walk, uh, but that's about the only option that's available. So you're better off to take Uber, the working, or a cab, or a metro. Okay. 
Um, just a quick piece of advice for the ladies. Um, I've done this before, at least gone through the Senate buildings. There's metal detectors at everything and they tend to get sort of long lines. Um, I've had my high heels, especially the thicker ones, set off the metal detectors and you gotta take your shoes off and then you have to get behind everybody. So just be really careful with your shoes and make sure you wear something that slips on and off really easy because you can get held up at the metal detectors and end up being late. It's almost happened to me before, so wear some, wear some good shoes that won't set off the metal detectors. Or you gentlemen too, if you're wearing heels. I have found the metal detectors in the security system going in and out of these buildings to be a little less stringent than um, than airport security. You know, they're not asking you to take your belt off and all that kind of stuff. So it's a little less stringent. But do but just know you're going to have to go through a metal detector and your stuff is going to have to go through a, a scanner. Why we have everyone's attention, a request that I have. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to have a group photo in front of the Capitol as much as I would love to have that, just because everybody's appointments are at all different times. So I would like to ask that um, the group leads try to get a picture when your group is there, either in front of the Senate building um, or in front of the Senate office, if you get an opportunity um, and send it to me, please. Great idea, thank you. I will. And okay, since, no since I said that, sorry, Sherry, right after this, and I swear it will be less than five minutes that we're going to do a group picture <laughs> up here, and we're going to put a picture of the Capitol on the screen, and that way we at least have one big group photo to show because it's so incredible that we have over 100 people in here to do it, and we're really proud of it. So. Scott's suggesting that we do that now and then break up into groups. Perfect. All right, everybody. And this is, Which screen we do you could want do us it. to use? We're going to come up here and I'll put it on the screen. Yeah. And please, please do not leave so we can connect you with the other people 